welcome to episode 13 of the Shredding for Gold podcast. I'm your host, Emily Trepani, and I am happy to have you here and listening to the podcast. Episode 13, holy crow. Uh, usually 13 is seen as an unlucky number, but uh, I'm going to say... For the purposes of this episode, um, it's definitely not an unlucky number because uh, today we're talking about uh, the opposite of unlucky. Um, but you'll see once the um, this episode gets going. So, for those who don't know me, my name is Emily Trepanier, and as I said before, I am the host of Shredding for Gold podcast. Um, Thank you if you have been listening since the beginning of the podcast and you've listened to the last 12 episodes. Uh, A huge thank you for listening in. Um, If you're brand new to the podcast, um, welcome. Um, Be sure to check out the podcast website at www.shreddingforgold.com to learn a bit more about the podcast and to also listen to past episodes of the podcast um, so that you know what's happening on this podcast and what the podcast is all about. Uh, And as always, we are always looking to know um, what we're doing right and what we could change and if there's anything you want us to add to the podcast. Uh, always looking to get that rating and reviews. So uh, please be sure to um, rate, review, um, because if you do that for us, then we know what we're doing good and what we need to change. And the only way that's going to happen is, well, if you, the listeners, rate and review. Um, But yeah, uh, welcome to Shredding for Gold episode 13. Um, so on today's episode, um, we're going to talk about the first shred, and uh, back on the mountains. Uh, so if you listen to episode 12, it's probably a good idea if you haven't listened to episode 12, pause episode 13 and listen to episode 12, because, um, y- you'll understand this, uh, episode a little bit better. Um, but if you just want to keep listening to episode 13 and backtrack, then you can do that. But by all means, um, it's probably a little bit uh, better to understand if you haven't listened. Uh, go back to episode 12 and then come back to episode 13. Um, so <laughs> it'll just make a little bit more sense. Um, but either way, either way, if you just want to listen to episode 13 and then go back, then do it that way. And well... If you don't, well then, it's all up to you. <laughs> so today we're going to chat about that first shred back on the mountain for me. Oh my goodness, guys. I am so, 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 so happy to be back on the mountains. Uh, race training, shredding, flying down the mountains, uh, speed it, going at the speed of light, um, not falling down cliffs. But, you know, (laughs) as you can tell, I am very excited. Um, Yeah, that first shred, holy crow, guys, 
it was crazy it was amazing it was it was all the feels friend guys exciting nervous anxious happy relief holy crow but i'm kind of getting ahead of myself so let's break this down for you a little bit better <laughs> yeah i am like full of energy and super excited and happy but you know i'm back on the mountains and back doing what i love so it's okay i'm okay with this and if you hear something uh someone crunching in the background not something <laughs> if you hear someone crunching in the background that's just miss darling i think she can she definitely feeds off of my emotions so she's excited herself because well i'm excited and well when mommy's excited darling's excited so i digress <laughs> so guys last episode i said i was getting very excited to finally get back on the mountains after not race training for uh almost two years no, a year and a half ish almost two years give or take um because yeah um if you listen to episode 12 you'll know that that didn't really happen last year um because of all the restrictions that came into place and so yeah it was an emotional episode i will just let you all know that then uh but it's all good we worked i got through it with my team and now we're back on the mountains um so yeah um what can i say what what, i guess i should start from the very beginning so um our first day back was a saturday um and had to wake up super 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 early in order to make sure i was awake and ready to go um the night before i went back to the mountains um i definitely like did some last minute packing just to make sure everything was all organized and ready to go for the morning because i knew i was going to be waking up super duper early so and i'm not one of those ones who likes to pack last minute because i then i just like stressed me out a whole lot and so i like to take my time with packing so um, in reality i started packing like probably a few days before i had pretty much everything packed because um again if you listen to uh, one of my previous episodes i would have mentioned that it was originally supposed to start uh a few weeks a few weeks prior to when it actually started but things happened uh things changed but it, in the end it all worked out so um yeah so where was i oh yeah packing so uh i had pretty much everything mostly packed the night before but i always like i have like a a list of items that i have written down and then i use like checklists i like to do checklists um so i always like go over my checklist the night before um and just make sure i have everything and then just double checking that everything is like ready to go so i check the snowboard out make sure it's good and then all of the like 
adaptive gear that I use. I double check to make sure I have it all and make sure everything feels good and it's ready to go. And then I always like choose my like what I'm gonna wear. So I have like a base layer that I wear um, and then I obviously wear my snowsuit because um, that's just self-explanatory. When you're going snowboarding, you need a snowsuit. So that's pretty self-explanatory. And then also I um, choose the socks that I'm going to wear when I'm snowboarding. Uh, I have been very fortunate. One of my local sponsors back in Ontario, uh, and I still chat. I still um, connected with him, and he helps out when he can. Um, he uh, got me some really great socks that I can wear um, when I'm snowboarding, and they're like snowboarding specific socks, so um, very awesome. Uh, and then I also have compression socks for recovery that I can that I can use for obviously recovery after either snowboarding or like a really hard uh, lower body uh, leg day. Um, and then I just have like awesome socks as well that like I can wear on like any like normal given day. So um, big shout out to my sock sponsor, the Purple Me Sock Company back in London, Ontario. Uh, big shout out to Kevin, aka Boogaloo, and who is Mr. Moose, and who is my sockologist. Guys, honestly, he is the sockologist. He calls himself the sockologist. He is the sockologist. Kevin, aka Boogaloo, is the sockologist. And you, if you ever need socks, um, Definitely reach out to Purple Moose Sock Company and chat with Kevin. He's awesome. He's like, he is the owner of Purple Moose Sock Company. And honestly, he's got awesome socks. And he's actually also making socks now. Um, it's the actually made in Canada sock line, he calls it. So definitely, I will make sure that is linked to this episode so you guys can check it out. And if you do reach out to get some super funky purple moose socks, um, be sure to say Starfish sent you. And who knows? Maybe you'll get a discount. Who knows? You never know. Um, but <laughs> I digress again. Uh, sorry, guys. I'm just very excited here. Uh, but it's all good. Because, yeah, it's all good. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I get everything packed up night before, so I, that's what I did, uh, and that's what I do every night before I go snowboarding. Pack everything up, um, make sure everything's good, and then uh, as soon as I was done packing up, I relaxed for a little bit, and then headed to sleep, because I had to wake up uh, super early, like... 4 a.m. super early <laughs> so I could uh, travel to the mountains um, and you're probably thinking why did you get up so super duper early am um, well 
I just wanted to make sure that since it was like the first time traveling to the mountains that at that time of day, I didn't want a chance that I was going to be uh, late. Because that wouldn't have looked good on uh, first day of race training with a new race team. And Emily's like, yeah, that would not be good. And definitely didn't want that to happen. So, I mean, I knew the route to the mountains, but I hadn't gone that early in the morning. So, left at 530 And I got there around just before 7, which was perfect because we were meeting at 7.30. So gave me lots of time. I didn't have to like rush or like feel panicky because I was going to be late. Um, So yeah, I, that's just, that's just who I am. I, especially that first time where I'm going Especially if it's been a while, I like to go. Uh, I like to go earlier just to make sure I'm not late. Cause for me, there's nothing worse than I don't. I don't like being late, so I I just I just go early. Um, especially the first time that I go. So, um, so woke up 4 a.m. Had breakfast. Um, had a coffee. Did some stretching. Um. Did a little bit of like just making sure that I was awake. Uh, and then I headed out to the mountain. So to get to the mountain, I got to take the SkyTrain, which is kind of like the subway, if anyone's familiar with subway. Uh, and then I got to take the C bus and then a short little bus ride. And then I was up the mountain. Um, so um as i said i got there just shortly before seven and the amazing thing is uh and for those of you who know me uh there's a starbucks at the bottom of that mountain that uh where my race training is so you know where i went before we met up with the race team starbucks you got it (laughs) and um and then after I did that, it was time to meet the race team. Uh, that was exciting. So, um, because I can't see, um, they told me where to meet them. And then I was like, I'm going to wear my, and I told them this, I'm going to wear my blind rider vest so that you guys can find me because it'll be easier um, not being able to see and not knowing what they look like. Um, just so much easier to wear the blind rider vest and let people know that just look for the blind rider vest and well, then that'll be me. <laughs> so it worked out great. So met them just outside of Starbucks. Um, I had heard a bunch of people, but I wasn't a hundred percent sure. So I kind of just hung out there for a few minutes and then our head race coach, Nicole came up to me and asked if I was Emily, and I was like, yep, yeah, I'm Emily, and then, um, so she helped me get, um, to the rest of the team, um, we unloaded my gear, because 
we weren't quite ready to go up to the mountain yet. We were still waiting for um, people to arrive. Um, and after a few minutes of chatting with the head coach Nicole, um, I got to meet my um, I got to meet my gut, one of my guts. Um, so funny story, friends. Um, um, my new guide, his name is Isaac, and when I first heard his name was Isaac, I was like, whoa, hold up, did Isaac from Ontario move out to BC and not tell me? Um, so I actually almost messaged Coach Isaac, and I was like, and I was gonna say, hey, did you move out to BC and not tell me? I was like, no, no, it can't be the same one. <laughs> um, it was just a funny coincidence. Um, and another funny coincidence, coincidence, sorry guys, I'm messing up my words. It's all gay, but another funny coincidence is that usually I have so many Andrew. I had so many Andrews uh, back in Ontario, uh, Andrews and Drews. So I was, I was, um, I was, um, not, sh I, like, I, I'm always, like, excited to hear the new, like, coaches and guides name, and my first thought, it was going to be another Andrew, <laughs> but, um, so it was funny when it, uh, my head race coach, Nicole, said, Isaac, I was like, okay, Isaac, so you're going to start taking over the group now. Um, um, but yeah, I got to meet Isaac after a few minutes, and he kind of actually sounds like Coach Isaac back in, back in, uh, back in Ontario, which kind of threw me off a little bit at first, too, but it's all good. Um, so, got to meet Coach Isaac, and we chatted for a while until we were ready to go up to the mountains. Um, it was awesome. I thought I was going to have to teach him uh, how to do sighted guide, but he already knew. It was amazing. Um, so that was really, really awesome. And I was totally prepared to teach sighted guide to him on fly, but he already got it. So it was awesome. Um, so we chatted for a little while and we continued chatting um, on our way up to the mountains. So, um, we get to take a, it's called a tram, but I'm going to call it a gondola. I, I don't know. I feel like it's a gondola. Um, but I guess it's, they call it a tram. Um, so the tram goes up to the, like the top of the mountain where all the snow is. Um, so at the bottom, it's like the mainland of Vancouver. And so it's green and it's no, no, there's no snow there. And this is actually, and actually, Unless it actually snows in the mainland. Um, um, so, the tr taking up the tram. So, it's kind of neat. So, at the bottom of the mountain, it's always, like, no snow and not cold or anything. But as you get up to the top of the mountain in the tram, it starts getting, like, cold. And apparently, you can start seeing snow on the trees. And then, closer to the top, it's just, like... Um, it's like a winter wonderland, basically. Um, so that was, that's pretty fun. Um, I should, uh, I think I actually have 
um, a few pictures. Maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll see if we can post a few. Maybe. We'll see. But it's really neat. Um, yeah. Um, so, uh, Coach Isaac and I, uh, went, went up to the top of the mountain with the rest of the race team. And then we just, we continued talking on our way up, uh, as I said earlier. And then once we got to the, to the top, um, we went to what's called the yurt, the race team yurt. Uh, and that's basically like, that's basically where, um, it's just like an area that the race team has on the mountain, um, for like storing stuff and like, uh, that's where like sometimes we'll meet, meet there. So, um, we got to the yurt, uh, did a little bit of a mini, um, tour around the yurt. It's kind of a cool yurt. Um, uh, for some reason I thought it was going to be a lot smaller than it actually is. Uh, it's actually pretty big. Um, I mean, it's not, like, gigantic and, like, super, like, super enormous, but it's still a decent size. It's bigger than what I thought it was going to be, so that's super cool. Um, so we got to the yurt, and then we did some introductions, uh, got to meet the rest of the race team, and we did a little bit of a warm-up on the snow, just like, like some body weight exercises and like other stuff like that, just to like get our muscles warmed up. And then we did, um, we got to meet each other. So we got to know, like, we got to, um, we got to know each other, like, like the names of ever all the racers on the race team. Um, and then Isaac and I went into the yurt and I showed Isaac um, the adaptive gear that I use when I'm snowboarding, and what my like what he would be using as well. And then I got to meet um, the head of the like the entire group, um, James. I got to meet him there. I had chatted with James on and off uh, the last several months as well. Um, so knew him over email and chatted over phone, but it was nice to like meet him in person as well. Um, and then we got, um, finished getting suited up and then me, Isaac, Nicole and James, um, headed out to go snowboarding. Um, so because it was the first day and because it was the first time riding with Isaac um, it honest, and it was because it was the first time in a while that I had been snowboarding. It was honestly just like, we started off like kind of at the, like on the beginner hill just so like they could, um, start to get a feel of where I'm at with my riding and also to start like building the, uh, guide athlete relationship because, um, if you can imagine, uh, trust doesn't come like instantly. Um, it, it takes some, it takes work. And so, um, going out the very beginning to like, say a black diamond hill with my like a new guide, uh, recipe for a disaster. Honestly, 
huge recipe for disaster and that would not be good at all. So, um, started right at the beginner hill, um, and we just kind of got a, just kind of worked on, like, started working on the guiding communication, um, uh, for guiding me down the mountains. I'm not going to say hills because I'm still not to call them mountains, hills, so I'm not going to call them hills. Um, so we worked on guiding communication and just started working on that and got to like, um, start teaching Isaac how I like to be guided. And once we did a few runs down the very beginner hill, um, we hit the trailist and went to a little bit of a bigger hill, a bigger run. Sorry. Why am I calling them hills? Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, bigger run on the mountain. So that was fun. Um, definitely there was some uh, anxiety and nerves and lots of excitement. But uh, I was happy to have like a few people riding with us. Especially with that first ride out. Um, the snow conditions weren't the best for the first shred. But, um, it was, it's all good, um, because, um, as I've learned from snowboarding, uh, for a while now, um, you're not always gonna get, like, amazing conditions, um, sometimes the conditions aren't gonna be so good, and sometimes they're gonna be absolutely amazing, so, um, it just varies, uh, from one day to the next, so, um, but it's important to, uh, it's important to be able to adapt to the changing conditions and the terrain. So, it's it's you, 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 regardless of what the conditions are, as long as it's not like uh, as long as it's not like an like an ice hill of death, uh, aka like an uh, um, a run that's like sheer ice and you can't like get your edge in on your snowboard. Um, and it's fine. You you ride it out. You just gotta go with what you got. So and but it makes you an even better rider if you ride in like different conditions, like different snow conditions. Obviously, if it's like oh, there's always gonna there's gonna be some ice, um, and that's okay. Uh, riding shredding in Ontario, we got a lot of ice. So um, that's kind of like. That's kind of what I'm sort of used to. So, um, don't get me wrong. I do love riding in powder, but, um, I'm definitely more used to riding in ice, but I am starting, like, I'm getting more comfortable riding in powder. Um, but yeah, that all takes time, but that'll come. Don't worry. Um, it's all good. Um, so at first read, honestly, it was so exciting, uh, definitely some nerves, but we had, we had a great time, um, we had so many, like, even, we, even though we had just met each other, like, everyone had just met each other, uh, some of us for, like, the very first time, and some of us for, like, in person, it was a great, it was great, um, even though, and even though the snow conditions weren't, so good um we made it work um it was 
definitely had some rust, but I honestly knew going in that there would be some rust, um, especially given the amount of time that I hadn't been on snow. Um, so honestly, that was totally expected. Um, but um, as I had mentioned on my Facebook page, Team Starfish, um, by that, the end of the morning, I had already started to like get rid of some of that rust and even though I there even though it was like the first time like out with the new guide um I already started building a little bit of like comfort and confidence so and but that again that'll take time right um but honestly it was an amazing first ride and um not my best riding, but honestly, I was proud of myself. I was proud of all of us, actually, for getting out there. Me and Isaac, I was so proud that we went out there. Um, Isaac, it's Isaac's um, first time guiding a blind rider, and I think he's going to be a great guide. Honestly, I think he is. Um, we, we are meshing. It's coming along like we're meshing nicely. Um, again, this all takes time, but I have a good vibe about this. Honestly, I really do. Um, looking forward to continuing to train and shred with Guide Isaac and also learn lots from the, uh, the race team and all of my coaches that I have out here on the West Coast. Um, so, yeah. A uh, great first ride, and here is a bit of a snippet from one of the first rides that I got. There's a little bit of audio that I'm going to share here, so hopefully you can hear it and it sounds okay, but it's basically me uh, going down one of the runs, and my guide is actually calling out... Um, You'll hear him say two, one, and hold. So uh, the numbers are actually um, uh, turn sizes. Um, so two is a little bit of a longer turn, and one is like quick, short, fast turns. So here it is. It's just a little snippet, but I wanted you guys to hear it. I plan on getting a bit, I definitely plan on getting more, but here's just a little snippet of one of the first rides. And there you have it, guys. That was one of the snippets from one of the first rides. So, yeah. Um, I think I'm going to um, end this episode off uh, very shortly. Um, so, thank you again for listening to episode 13 of the Shredding for Gold podcast. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed episode 13. It was full of energy, but honestly... 
if you honestly it honestly it was um that was meant to be because it was an exciting first shred and I wanted to make sure you guys knew that <laughs> um but yeah if you um want to check us out and follow the adventure of team starfish uh, feel free to check out www.teamstarfish.ca. Um, we are redesigning the Team Starfish website, and so check back on that website often because you never know what's going to uh, show up next on the new redesigned Team Starfish website. So be sure to check that out, guys. And so, yeah, I'm going to sign off now, friends, listeners, family uh organizations whoever you are listening um starfish signing off and i will see you next time on the shredding for gold podcast this has been emily trepanier episode 13 of the shredding for gold podcast toodles